Okay, thank you. Colossians chapter 4 tonight. Colossians chapter 4. And right in there in the text, Colossians 4, 1 through 6. We're going to look at three aspects of a good neighbor, or if you want to stay with the text, a good master. <clears throat> it's interesting to me that many of the New Testament Christians, I think, had places of leadership. I think Peter was a leader on the fishing boat, and I think Luke was a, a leader with the AMA, American Medical, Israeli Medical. And uh, Paul was certainly, and a lot of times as leaders, a good master. That's how the verse starts, masters. But I want to just uh, challenge you to think of it as, okay, you and I being a Roman numeral one, we're going to see them being prayerful, prayerful kind of people look at being prudent. And here's a 16-cylinder for you, Roman numeral three, we pungent. It had to match, so I come up with something. Pungent, the word. Prayerful, number one. Prudent to pungent. Okay, let's look at those first six verses. Colossians chapter 4, verse 1. Masters, give unto your servants, like I said for tonight, okay, that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer. He's writing good Christian. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us, says that God would open unto us a door of utterance, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. And certainly with some neighbor out there, out to Christ and get saved. Wisdom, redeeming the time, it says again in verse 6, where we'll stop. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. <clears throat> may know every man. Father, help us tonight as we look at this short passage to glean some truths from it that will help us as we deal with our neighbors. We've got neighbors on the north side and west side of where we live and where we work. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to the kind of neighbor that would meet your approval. Sometimes that's difficult if you rascals. Help us how to follow the leading of the Spirit in our Well, thank you for the help that only you can give in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, are you a nice person to know? We're asking, are you a nice person? Spend time looking in the mirror. Quit worrying about your hair. I do that. About my hair. Quit worrying about my ear. Let loose hair on the edges. We can spend so much time evaluating our outside appearance, but we wonder sometimes how we look to our neighbor. And the fundamental question is, does your neighbor see you as a They say she was the best. It's an important goal for you to reach. I hope you're good at relationships. I hope anger and bitterness and frustration and failure has not made you mean. Because anger and frustration and failure does make a lot of people mean. I think we have the largest penal system in the world. Uh, I was told by, I think it was Detroit Lakes right now, that Tim said there were two million incarcerated in the U.S. and now another approaching one million ladies. And what happens is they get bitter. They get angry, they get mean, and they stop being a good neighbor. They're hurting their... But as we work with our neighbors, we need to be practicing insulation, not isolate. We're a good neighbor, then we'll insulate. We won't isolate ourselves because I think that's really important in there's life. I realize insulation is very important up here in Northern Dakota. Without insulation, everybody would freeze to that. Insulation is important. But you and I have an insulation character about us. It makes our neighbors feel warm and fuzzy. But we don't freeze them out of our lives. Be good insulators and not just isolate and stick our head in the sand like an ostrich. Ah, forget that neighbor. He's a drunk. Well, remember, God loves him. Even if he is a drunk, God loves that neighbor. That's the way it is with neighbors. Sometimes they... Strange things happen. The Bible says, love your enemy. Quran doesn't say that. The Bible says, the command to us. Somebody said that a Christian should be a live wire. We should be well insulated by our position and our assurance in Christ. We should be in touch with God and his word and his Holy Spirit on one end. <clears throat> and then on the other end of our live wire, we should be in touch with lonely, needy, sinful, and hurting people all around us. Be live wire Christians. 
Let's look at these three aspects real quick in these few short verses. First of all, we need to be prayerful in character. We need to be praying for our neighbor. Linnevi and pray for our neighbor. Neighbor to our right, his name is Steve. Our left, his name is Bob. Bob Lake, I probably wouldn't embrace, but he's a good neighbor. Help, Slim Jims, beef jerky. On my right is Steve, and uh, Jeremy and I went and visited Steve about a month ago, and, and Jeremy, Steve plowed my driveway. The snow responded as in across from Nancy and Nancy. But I think it's good that we know our neighbors, because one day we may, the tornado might come and we might have to learn to love our, love our neighbor. Okay, how do we do that? Well, letter A, we continue. Continue is a good word to guide our prayer habits. Look at verse 2. Continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Secondly, we should watch. And that is a good word to guard, to guard our prayers. Be careful what we say. Watch for opportunities to witness and opportunities. I told you about our neighbor who, <clears throat> her husband was dying of cancer. She said, if he falls in the, help me lift him up. I said, sure. But uh, I think it was in the early part of November. Nice big rain. There's about plenty water. She calls me up about 9.30. Okay, I'll be right. Slip my better walking to neighbors from about, about from here to the, on the way over there is this large mud puddle. It was about 10 feet across. And I thought, I can do I can jump that mud puddle. My launch was great. I mean, when I launched at the beginning of that mud puddle, it was it was great. I, I started well, but I didn't land so well. I didn't realize that my, my muscle in the front here pulled me down. And so when I got to the other end of the puddle, I, I tripped and face platted. And I skinned up my face and skinned up my knees, and now I'm bleeding. I have known in my own life that when I get shocked with pain, when I'm startled with pain, if I don't sit down, I'll fall down lightheaded. So I knock on the door. Nancy comes to the door. I said, Nancy, I need... I imagine what's going through her mind. I got my husband's in the other room. He's like, he's sick. What are you doing? You want to lay down? I said, I, I fell and I just have to lay down. and get, Trust me, I'll be okay. So I'm laying on the floor in one room, front room. He's laying on the floor in the bedroom. And she's sitting like this. Saying, what do I do? She said, should I call 911? I said, don't call them. That'll make it worse. I said, uh, let's, we'll get over this. So after a few minutes, I got my second win and I helped her get her husband back in the bed. I, I still think she shakes her that night. But, uh. <laughs> no, on the way home, I went around the mud puddle, okay? I got wise after the first fall. But we need to be on guard concerning our neighbors. I'm sure all of you have a neighbor with her living up there, and the girl, they're hurting people. They're looking for answers. So we need to be on guard. Secondly, we need to be with thanksgiving. That's a good word of gratitude in our prayer habits. Verse number two, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Have a gratitude attitude all the time, regardless of what kind of neighbors. And then for us says in uh, verse number three, with all praying for us, Paul said, I need to remind you people that we have a grand theme. There's the blank. There's the words for the blank there. Words to remind us of prayer's grand theme. And the grand theme is that you and I need each other and you and I need each other's prayers. And our neighbors, even though they're lost, they could use our prayer help. Somebody asked me one time, does God hear the prayers of a lost man? Well, when the lost man cries out to be saved, certainly he hears that prayer. And how many other prayers he answers and hears, I'm not positive on that. I suppose pastors would differ about that. But for the most part, the Lord answers the prayers of his children. He takes care of us. And so your neighbors need your prayer. The theme of being a good master, pray for our workers. Being a good neighbor, we should be praying for our neighbors. Words that guide, words that guard, words full of gratitude, and words help us with the grand theme. That God would open unto us a door of utterance. The, the Lord opened the neighbor's door of utterance. She opened the door and she looked at me. But anyway, we were able to share the gospel with her. She's been in church, sat working on it. I'm in bonds. I'm impressed with these same truths. Paul said, I have to not forget my prayer habits. They're very important. So we should be prayerful in our character to be good neighbors. Secondly, we should be prudent. We should be prudent. <coughs> the word prudent, if you look in the dictionary, means sensible, judicious, a good manager in practical. We need to be prudent. We need to be proper 
in our conduct. Look at verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That's your neighbor who doesn't know the Lord. Redeeming the time. So we need to be, letter A, guarding carefully our testimony. Our neighbors watch us. I've said this for years and I really believe it. All of your neighbors tonight probably peek through the window as you went to church. Your neighbors watch and your testimony is important. Your car is parked at a place it shouldn't be parked. They see that too. And your kids watch you. And your friends, your coworkers watch. Guard your... Now I know we can't understand that, but some of us could do better. More careful. I think it's the testimony of other Christians just uh, literally kept me alive. The last I get desperate and start thinking silly thoughts, I to my grandkids, what would they think? I'm stupid. What would they think if I got mad and robbed a bank? My testimony isn't so important to me as it is to them, okay? Did I say something wrong? I know, you're all laughing. You don't think I would rob a bank, do you? There's a piggy bank in the back room amongst the mic. I might rob that bank. Remember, Jesse James... Jesse James was the son of a Baptist preacher. Yeah, think about it for a while. Somewhere along the line, he got spoiled and got angst calling. He tried to be a Robin Hood kind of guy, but it blew off my Guard your testimony, okay? What occupies your lives? It's important to you that you guard your testimony because it's important to you. If, if you are a master, if you are an employee, employer, and you do have people under you, be careful how you treat them. Treat them respectfully. Don't work the pickles out of them and give them a dollar. I'm a fair way to work. Rude, nasty, master, nasty. Okay, guard carefully your testimony. And then secondly, guard carefully your time. That's the last part of verse, redeeming the time. There are 168 hours in a week. What is 10% of 168 hours? 16.8, right class? That's how much time we owe the Lord. Even the tithe principle. We talk about tithe money all the time, but think of it in hours. 168 hours. Do you give the Lord 16.8 hours a week? reading your Bible, praying, listening to Christian radio or whatever, listening to sermons. Can you can you pull out about 16 hours? That's that's a good pattern. That's a good place to start. Now, as preachers, hopefully our time is a little better balanced. We spend more than 16 hours with the Lord and with the Lord's people. But uh, the lay people in church, I'm afraid a lot of them are not giving the Lord their tithe when it comes. One hour on Sunday is all that most of them can handle. That's why we're losing battles. We've got to help them with their testimony, and we've got to help them to guard carefully time, okay? So, let's go to Roman numeral three. Not only do we be prayerful in our character and prudent in our conduct, we should also be pungent in conversation. Now, I know you all want a definition of pungent. If you want a definition of pungent, raise your hand. I did, so you should, okay? Here's what, here's what the dictionary says about pungent. Sharp, direct, sound in speech. Paul said... Speak as you ought to speak. Pungent means causing a sensation that produces results, an action. If you sat on attack, you would have a pungent response. <laughs> you would jump back up again. Our speech needs to be such that we get a reaction, a good reaction out of other. They should respond to our speech and to our actions. And then also, pungent is a smell of burning. So the question befalls us. Are we on fire for God in a good way? Does the aroma of our testimony reach heaven and please the Lord? Or does the aroma of our testimony cause our neighbor to say, oh my, if that's a Christian, I don't think. I've got friends and relatives. Sometimes I've wanted to know, if you're a Christian, I wanted to say that because there's not becoming. Of a, I guess we could pick on just about anybody. All of us probably are in some of these areas, but it's very important that if we're going to be on fire for the Lord, let's make it a good fire. Let's make it a good aroma. Let's make it a testimony so that send out a pungent message that causes them to react and ask us about our Christ. It causes them to say, I think I want to visit your church. By the way, our neighbor said that when we gave him a calendar. He said, yeah, I know that church. He says, I've been meaning to come and visit you. Now, he hasn't made it yet. Praise the Lord, he'll be a man of his word. 
Maybe if I take my snowblower over and do his drive. We'll see how deep the snow is before I commit to that, okay? <coughs> we need to be pungent. Three ways. First of all, with grace. Letter A. Look at verse 6. Let your speech be always. Underline, circle, highlight that word. Let your always with grace. Sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. Say nothing with grace. And to let out a barrage of words they ever said. We should be pleasant in our speech. That's the blank there. We should speak with a pleasant. You ever tape your own conversations? I'd be a shock sometimes. I've been meaning to do that little tape. Them. Just tape them every once in a while. But you know, if I know Micah, he Pastor, why are you talking that way? You haven't taken me for a burger for a long time. In uh, college, before I went to Bible college, and while I was in Bible college, they had us record our sermons. And then we had to go home and critique, which was a real eye-opener and a really good lesson. I think, I think we ought to be careful of the speech that flows out of our mouth. A lot of people say the meanest words to the one closest to them, and they're so nice to the neighbor. Who, and I haven't figured that out, why that is. But sometimes that happens with us as believers. The devil knows how to wreck a marriage. He knows how to get our speech all haywire. But our speech should be pleasant, and it should be full of grace. No doubt about it, okay? Secondly, verse 6, it should be seasoned with salt. It should be seasoned with salt. There should be punch in our speech. Not, not speaking because of but there should be there should be some energy behind our speech that causes some type of reaction. Are we speaking in an effective way or an ineffective? Is our speech causing our neighbor to want to be closer to us? Is our, is, is our speech the kind of speech that causes our neighbor to shut the blinds? What, what is your, what your speech doing? Does it have a good punch, a good effective punch? Is it the kind of speech that's honoring the Lord? And there's lots in the Bible speech, one of many. But let me give you the last one. Not only should our speech be pleasant with grace and have a little punch to it, seasoned with salt, but we should talk with some know-how. In other words, our speech should be proficient. We should know how to talk. <coughs> there should be a pointedness to the way we talk. What is the point of what you're saying? Was your point made clear? Was your point made concise? Was your point or your argument convincing? Did you make a good point? Last night we went to a Bible study. We were trying to witness and Andrew was engaged in a Bible study. We met four or five new men. And I don't know, you'll have to ask Jeremy if our speech was helpful or harmful, but we tried to say some things that were truthful. We tried to say some things that were important. And then we tried to leave there with a smile on their face so they wouldn't be disappointed the time we showed up. And I hope we accomplished that. Do you think we accomplished that, Jerry? I think we could go back to Andrew's house. Our, our speech is important. We need to uh, get to the point, be effective with our speech. Sometimes we need to hammer them with a little humor. A uh, pastor does a very good job of those numerous lines. <laughs> you know, men remember the jokes and they, they remember the illustrations. And the women, they usually get the whole outline. But uh, some of his stories are hilarious. And what he's doing is he's keeping us awake and keeping us on our toes, and he's trying to make those stories connect with the passage of Scripture he's using. And this is important, and it's helpful. He's proficient in his speech, and I appreciate that. So there are your answers for your worksheet. I hope you got them all. Prayerful, the four words, guide, guard, gratitude, and grand theme. And under prudent, the two words are testimony and time. And under pungent, our words should be with grace. They should be pleasant. They should be seasoned with salt. They should have a little punch to them, they should have some kind of a goal, some kind of a message, and we should know how to speak with some proficiency. If we'll do that, then we'll be a good neighbor. We'll be a good master, like the State Farm commercial. Like a good neighbor, okay? We should be State Farm kind of people. We should be like a good neighbor. We should be careful how we be. We should be prayerful in character, prudent in conduct, and pungent in our conversations might be. That's all I have. All God's people said, amen. If you learned something, say amen.